Hey everybody, we were once called Final Frontiers. Now we are Here Come the Warm Gents. We're still talking about Alias, still the only people that are on the internet talking about Alias, and so far we have not yet been sued, Warm Gents or otherwise. So stay tuned and have a good listen. Hey, Internet. Welcome to Final Frontiers, the Internet's first and only alias podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Mitchell. Today we are discussing Season 1, Episode 21, Rendezvous, directed by Ken Olin, written by Deborah J. Fisher and Erica Messer. We're back to the three summaries. Yeah, uh, we, we got a doozy of a TV Guide summary. Yeah. Oh, does, it, does, it, does it give it all away? <laughs> saving it for last. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Wikipedia. Will's life is about to change as he is sent to find the person responsible for leaking information to him about SD6. He finally finds out about Sidney's alias. Meanwhile, Sloane finds himself on the cusp of finally tracking down Casanau when SD6 captures the man's right-hand man, Sark. Dixon becomes suspicious of Sidney's activities. <laughs> he does. He does, yeah. He's yeah. just like, hmm. Netflix summary. Sidney and Dixon must go to a Paris nightclub where Sark will deliver the ampule to Casanau. Dixon is to steal pages of a Rambaldi manuscript. All right, I like that. That's very to the that's the that's the, the crux of the alias. Like, where we're, are they going? Yeah. What are they stealing? Where are they going? What are they doing? Yeah, who, who are they? Who are they dressing up like? Yeah, who's involved? Uh, what, what accent is Marcus Dixon doing? All right, the TV guide summary. Here we go. Will makes a startling discovery while helping Jack smoke out Deep Throat in Paris where Sid is set to pull a switcheroo on Casanau <laughs> with the captured Sark's aid. Meanwhile, Dixon begins to suspect all is not on the up-and-up with his partner. The Alliance fills slowed in on the plans for Emily's elimination, and Vaughn begins to pull away from his favorite agent in an effort to save his and her lives. And also, uh, switcheroo. next-gen Porkins' uh, job, he gets kind of uppity. Smoke out deep throat. Yeah. Let's just smoke out deep throat. What are we gonna? Uh, <laughs> so we've had wall hangers. We've had literal cliffhangers. What would this, would this be like? A, a brown face hanger? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I think that we just need to square that away right now. Alias is a show um, that will have always had its protagonist in blackface. Yeah, it's much darker than I remembered it being. It's blackface. We discussed the ethics of maybe needing to disguise your complexion for the purposes of going undercover. Right. In this specific instance, no need. Yeah, well, that's a, that was the other question, was was the person she was portraying, was that like an actual person? I like, don't believe, she was just supposed to be a representative from this terrorist right. group, right? Right. Um, and I've met many Middle Eastern people of all varying different complexions, uh, some as pale as I am. Sydney, Jennifer Garner, I would bet that she's a little bit uh, more olive than I am. I bet her natural complexion perfectly sufficient to be a uh, Middle Eastern terrorist. <laughs> no, no need to uh, put her in blackface at all, other than Dixon looking her right in the eyes and being confused. Yeah, I think it might... I, uh, it's like From the uh, ethical standpoint... It's hard to say, like, yeah, that was necessary. 
I don't know. No, it's it's, it's uh, impossible to justify. Yeah, but uh, for like a, a spy, it's kind of like, yeah, like once again, I think we've established that SD6 is doing nothing that's uh, far more terrible than our actual CIA. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so, I have a lot to say on that this episode. I guess we always, you know, it's kind of a, a cop out that we use frequently, but to say it's, like, yeah, it makes our stupid podcast that's just a waste of everyone's time. Oh, yeah. It makes it into something a little more. <laughs> Yours especially, listener. <laughs> yeah, no, really not. Like, our time is our business. Yeah, we're dragging the public into this. Yeah, our friends and maybe some of our family. No one needs this, but here you are. You're already wasting your life watching Alias. Shit went off the air over ten years ago. Now you're uh, you're listening to two idiots talk about it. Yeah, it's it clearly went off the air for significant reasons. Yeah, well, <laughs> it took five years after the, or sorry, four years. It took four years after the protagonist was in blackface for them to hang it up. We're still, by my understanding, at least a season away from the show kind of jumping the shark. So. It's still very comfortably in its golden years at this point when they put Jennifer Garner in blackface. Yeah. When they sat her down in a makeup chair and they daubed shine on her face and said, well, Miss Garner, what do you think? And she's like, yes, this seems like something I'm willing to do. Oh, okay. And, and, and two, I think she was also covered. So it was really just her eyes that you could see. And yeah. you could see around her, her her eyes, around her sockets that it was... So it wasn't like they asked her to do like that Aston Kutcher bullshit for like a Pop Chips commercial. I don't know about this. Yeah, you ever... Uh, you didn't see where he did like brown face, like a, an Indian guy? No, that um, sounds uh, awful. Yeah, it's pretty offensive. Uh, Aziz Ansari has some things to say about it. He says well, it as he in should. his uh, TV show. It's too bad. Aston Kutcher usually his, seems like such, such a mensch. He's, yeah. uh, you know, really concerned with human trafficking. Hey, man, even Homer nods, you know, it happens. Yeah. Uh, I thought that when Dixon slash Sydney, the blood on the knife, maybe that would lead to a DNA match with Sydney. Yeah. Seem like a, a possibility. Or maybe the knife would be uh, slathered in brown makeup from her, <laughs> from her upper arm. But I guess not. Vaughn gave Dixon a massive head injury, which I wasn't expecting. And my note says uh, massive head wound mantis. It's just <laughs> like, like a big, a big gooey, disgusting head injury. We, which we see the bandage that's still on yeah, the back of his neck. I yeah. wasn't sure if I imagined it because I was uh, tired when I, yeah. when I was watching this, as I always am. And I'm like, did he just fuck up the back of his head? He did. Yeah, Vaughn knows what he's doing. He's a field agent. He knew where to hit him. Would it kill him? He doesn't have that much experience in the field. They dwell yeah. on that. That's uh, this ain't this ain't one of your CIA funerals. We're out here in the in the field where people actually die. And don't they even uh, they talk about that? That he, or at the very least, he's unfamiliar with Sydney's capacity to defend herself. I don't in this episode or previously. I think the last episode. Okay, where she's about to uh, get into a a, a, a bad fight. With their Star Trek weapons, and it's, <laughs> yes, like he kind of like it's really freaked out, and she's like, "Don't be a pussy." Yeah, and it works. I got out. this. I speak Klingon. We have honor fights all the fucking time. Anytime I'm moving around, you just hear the sound of leather creaking. But I digress. In London, the shot of the Houses of Parliament mm-hmm. was it in black and white? I don't recall. It looked like it was in black and white with the little boat going in front that was <laughs> colorized. Really? Or maybe that was the only thing 
Like, this is riveting now. Wait until I discuss the flat screen TVs <laughs> yeah, maybe that, that I see was, on the desk. Maybe that was a sly reference to Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List. Just the That's girl true. in the red coat, the boat with the color in the black and white linen photo. Or, or maybe Pleasantville. Maybe that boat was full of people <laughs> masturbating. Yeah, people masturbating to uh, Fiona Apple. Arvin says, my wife is being eliminated by cancer. <laughs> yeah. He could have made that pause a little bit more dramatic. It wasn't already. Yeah, I, I have it in quotes. I don't know if that's an exact yeah, quote. Yeah, he, he says that. Does he... How long is his pause? Uh, it's... How long uh, are his pause? It's not, <laughs> it's not like my wife is being eliminated by cancer. But it's very much like... He doesn't shout, by cancer! Yeah, no one says that. No one says, uh, yeah, you know. And it sounds like they tortured poor Roger Moore. Oh, they put... Yeah. Poor uh, UNICEF representative they, Roger Moore. They got disarming on him. They just threw him in a room with a bunch of his ex-wives and his current wives. <laughs> just a room full of kettles and acoustic guitars. Yeah. <laughs> a Hanna-Barbera nightmare that is this gentleman's sweet, poor life. I still don't think so. Maybe he's att- attracted to an abusive type because yeah. of his upbringing or blah, blah, blah. I think just as likely, probably uh, a shitty romantic partner. You think, yeah, I think he could be. He's probably very passive aggressive. He's like the, I could the, see him driving women to violence. The cold that burns, just saying shit to you know, like his like. I bet you that like whole say hi to Emily for me type of. That's just him. That's him. Yeah, he probably ad libbed that shit. <laughs> and just to stick our, it to, to, to his fictional uh, old friend. Fucking art. There's like, oh yeah, we have to do that take again and put makeup on Roger Moore. Because our uh, Sloan actually just fucking punched him. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible thought. Just uh, poor Ron Rifkin. So in character. Just, that God, he, did, he like, loses control and he assaults Roger Moore. He's like, I fucking get it now. I fucking get it. <laughs> like, Jesus. Elephant in the room. As he's shouting that the whole time. <laughs> Elephant in the room. <laughs> Oh. Every scene he's in with Roger Moore, it's like, all right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna cut. Everyone take five. Elephant in the room. <laughs> a lot of uh, confusing him with Bob Balaban. Yeah. Oh, you were great on Seinfeld. Oh, you yes, I did get a good look. And love Sydney's place. The uh, Francie opens the door. Spy Dad pops his head in. Yeah. Morning, Francie. <laughs> it was. That was the apostrophe and or and apostrophe, not the G and in morning there. Right. Morning. Morning, Francie. Just your uh, your roommate's kind of uh, not a bit what a strange father. They're they're, they're estranged, yeah. I would say. I'm here to drive your roommate to work, even though she's in her she's a thirty year old woman and I'm her uh her estranged father. Don't suspect anything. Yeah. Don't suspect anything from the fact that you're already suspecting everything. And at work, as we've discussed, Mantis, he's suspicious of Sydney. Yeah, Mantis is very suspicious. And I knew from the get-go that cut to the arm was going to have, like, within this, like, not even, like, later in the episode, the first time that Mantis and Sydney saw each other, it was going to be an issue. There's a lot She's of... She's wearing uh, long sleeves. I'm like, okay. Right. I, I know, I fucking know she's going to get hit in the arm. He's going to touch her arm and she's going to flinch. She's just not going to have her head in the game. There's a lot of uh, cut to the arm foreshadowing on Alias. <laughs> Is there? Yeah, like with uh, Snowman. Oh, Snowman got cut. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot or of whatever happened. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, it's really hard 
to hide uh, bandages when yeah. you're a fucking spy. It's uh, it's Chekhov's che- cuts to the Chekhov's arm. wounds. Yeah, they're gonna come back later to haunt yeah. you. Well, I've noticed in good injury continuity also. Yeah. I think this is the first episode where I didn't notice uh, Sloane having a weird bandage on his finger. Well, and no longer does Jack have the bandage on his face. And that was a fucking huge cut. That's been a few episodes now, right? right? But still, it, it... it had uh, it progressively healed, like you saw it looking a little wor- little less worse until it was it had gone away. Which you know, that's how things work. So that's that's pretty good attention right. to detail. No, it's it's excellent. And same with uh, oh, I guess if you're going to well, give guess somebody they don't a, always go away. Right. If you uh, have like that massive uh, hamburger wound, like on the back of Dixon's head, which yeah. should have killed him. Yeah, probably. I, I think a lot of the in anything uh, going back to the father of the genre genre for all intents and purposes uh bond like a lot of those like just hits the back of the head or even shatner in uh, star trek just a lot sure, of like yeah you no know, wrapping one fist with your hand and then hitting someone in the back of the neck like it probably should kill you before anyone writes in we weren't just talking about star trek then we were talking about injuries tangentially related to star trek this isn't a Star Trek podcast, despite its name, Final Frontiers. We, we're well aware. Don't feel misled. We Even were, though we've t- already talked about Klingons and shit, don't be misled. I was talking about the time. It's an alias podcast for alias fans. The, uh, the human being, William Shatner, uh, wrapped his... his Canadian. Right, ca- Let's Canadian. be fair. He wrapped his right fist with his left hand and smacked his wife in the back of the neck and then she fell into a pool and drowned. That's what I was referencing. <laughs> not Star Trek. Yeah, not Gorn. Yeah, not Gorn. <laughs> yeah, we're never talking about Gorn again. They got Sark in custody. Yeah. Wait, uh, oh, so we don't know that. We think that no, Bond um, dropped the ball because he was... Uh, well, he has him kidnapped, or kidnapped. He has him handcuffed to a fence. Right, but then he goes to help Sydney. Cole Cox Marcus comes back, and we find an empty pair of handcuffs. Empty pair of handcuffs. Right, attached to a fence. Yeah, and uh, we find out on the car ride to yeah. How's your drink doing there, Mitchell? What drink? (laughs) That's Foley. (laughs) It might as well be. That's Bernie the engineer. (laughs) If if it's not Foley, somebody's going to sample it for Foley and unrelated projects. It's like, it's like fucking Arthur over there. Arvin sits down with Sark. He says, there's been enough torture lately. This was uh, uh, some wonderful fucking Arvin. Like, just this whole episode. Good Arvin. Good Sark. Sark's new. Arvin. And uh, yeah. Arvin's fantastic. The kid that plays Sark is great. Yeah. Uh, I'm shocked that I haven't noticed him in anything else. I should look closer at his filmography, but I'm afraid to see when he stops being an alias. Yeah, seems like a spoiler. He seems like a uh, like he was in like the the stage production of Train Spotting at some point. Oh yeah, he wants a bottle of Chateau Petrus '82, which I was going to get for us <laughs> just to. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and please that, t- how much does it cost? Well, uh, currently it assuming, runs. Assuming well, we live in one of the greatest cities in the world. If Fuck it. We could have had it delivered to us. That's true. Should I we, could pull it up on Minibar. Yeah. So uh, be it. But currently it runs uh, about $7,500 a bottle. Yeah. Uh, you can find it at auction for a hair over 5000 Um But if you do, there's probably something wrong with it, right? Owned by a racist. Owned by... <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Uh, Owned by a racist who loves sulfites. It was uh, the world's 
or sorry, it is the world's rarest and most expensive Bordeaux vintage. Oh. Uh, though there are, of course, people who argue that the difference between it and just like a solid twenty-five dollar bottle of wine, it's uh, you know. Well, I've had a, I've had like a thirty-four dollar bottle of wine that I was like, man. Jesus. I was like, man. Well, thirty-four dollar bottle of wine that I've paid for. Okay. I used to uh, uh, date someone who was friends with a sommelier, so I could get like some good shit uh, gratis. But uh, yeah, um, pretty. I was like, this is what I would. I could spend this and drink this wine, and I'd be like satisfied with this quality of wine from here on. You know. Right. But then I go back to like the eleven, twelve dollar bottles of wine, and I'm fine. Okay, it's not like ashes in your mouth. It's yeah, it's not like ashes. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm, I don't have a sophisticated palate for wine. Who does? It has no taste. I think shitty wine is much worse than shitty anything else. Well, maybe shitty. Mm. I think shitty wine's really bad. The hierarchy. Yeah. What's the inverse of a hierarchy? In what sense? Like that you're going. A hierarchy is like uh, the the topmost to the bottommost. But since you're thinking of it in a negative sense, it's like the the top worst most. You know what I mean? The worst. Yes. The number one at being bad, which I, which is, I guess, why people invented words like the worst. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Superlatives. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. So uh, I would say it goes shitty gin and then shitty wine. Okay. And then shitty cigarettes. <laughs> Seems like an outlier. Uh, <laughs> Believe me, if you've had... Or, or we're just talking about bad things now. All right, I'm going to go shitty shoes as being the worst thing. In style or in comfort? Comfort. Ah. Yeah. Uh, but to Sark's surprise, they got his wine. Uh, yeah, when not only. He says, I thought you'd split my belly with a hunting knife. Yeah. All right. That's weird. Uh, so here's where I have my... We get some... Oh, I was going to say we get some uh, tor- torture callbacks. Arvin's like, eh. No. To the torture people. Nah, too much torture. Well, uh, as we learned, the CIA would have given Sark an enema with this wine because they did it with hummus and pasta at their various black sites. Wait, so, and is that in real life? In real or life. R-I-L? R-I-L-C-I-A. <laughs> yeah, the I-R-L-C-I-A. They blended up hummus and pasta and raisins and things, things that the prisoners wanted to eat, and then they gave them enemas with it, which SD6 doesn't do. A guy asks for wine, they pour him a glass of wine, kind of. Uh, so SD6 is way better than the CIA. Yeah, so the, the enemas that you speak of, is that just uh, when they're on hunger strikes? So they no. just make them eat? Uh, that was the initial suspicion, and the their reports make it very clear that it is not for any health reason. It's only to give them enemas. Is it the on the way out? Are the hummus and are the ingredients caustic to the sphincter? Uh, is that I, why it's supposed I, to hurt? I think it hurts going in as well. Yeah, well, it's an enema. The American intelligence community has a very enema-focused really? interrogation process that. The producers of Alias could have predicted had anyone done the most basic research. <laughs> but none of us were listening. Freedom we, of Information Act. We were scared shitless. Yeah. Um, I was going to say possibly too why we didn't have, uh, we didn't hear more of a backlash from Middle Eastern communities or any community really. It was because they were more focused on you know, not being murdered and having uh, bricks being thrown into mosques. Or you Yeah, know, they weren't I, wanting to ruffle any feathers. Yeah, or you, to, you know, the Sikhs didn't want to get the shit kicked out of them they were blameless yeah with their silly hats yeah it's, they're sikhs they're not muslims they're not not even saudis they're good guys yeah 
those Sikhs, probably. Uh, or so I've been led to understand by the Sikh community. Yeah. But I don't know. But this did answer a question of mine from last episode. Which, which was? Which is, do the other uh, intelligence agencies, do they think that SD6 is the CIA? Yes. Which I was very happy to... Uh, it's like, oh, okay, so they did think this through. Um, so the, the man's man knows what's up. Right. So this is K-Directorate specifically sticking it to SD6, not the CIA. Wait, is Kazanov... Wait, they're the K-Directorate? Is that there were an, another entity? Um, Sark is K-Directorate. Okay. What about uh, Kazanov? I think he is too. Okay. Have you enjoyed anything as much as Sloan enjoys this glass of wine? I enjoyed watching Sloane enjoy that glass of wine as much as Sloane enjoyed that glass of wine. What about Sloane giving Sark a taste of that wine? Just like slowly like putting the glass at hip level and like lowering like it, it 90 degrees. Yeah. It's like the most, the most like phallic. phallic yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that should be our version of the Scaramanga uh, bond back-to-back gun holding. Just one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Giving the other person wine. Uh, I like look. I'm not even slightly homophobic, but I don't know if I'd feel comfortable uh, either drinking the wine or pouring the wine out. I think that's uh, it's just a power play. It's, it's a like, level of intimacy that I've never shared with anyone. I've lived with women for years before, and I've not been that intimate with them. Yeah, it's power play. <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right. Like he's being very nice to him, but he had to do the whole. Like, I'm in charge. I'm feeding you from my phallus facsimile. <laughs> Drink up. So, uh, later, Marshall Flankman, he asked Sydney, how's your voice? Yeah, I had to I had to rewind that and put the captions on. He's like, what the fuck did he just say? What's what's he talking about? Uh, I have no idea. It's going to it's gonna come up. It's how, foreshadowing. How does that come up? How's your voice? What do you, oh, wait. her singing voice. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. I just got it. You just justified the amount of uh, laying it on thick that shows have to do. Apparently. For wow. dummies like us. Well. Like, what's going to happen? Why yeah. is she wearing a wig? Is she in disguise? <laughs> Why is she talking like that? What language is that? What the fuck? What does that Eiffel Tower mean? Are they in Las Vegas? What's going on? How terrible is that Eiffel Tower backdrop? <laughs> yeah. It was clearly like you could almost like you see could, the roller that they pulled it down from. You could from. see it kind of like uh, flutter in the wind. <laughs> yeah, it's like the ba- like the Chicago backdrop from the opening of the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's like about 10 feet away from them running across the roof. So Weiss, Greg Gunberg, he's crying like a big fat baby. Next gen Porkins. He's uh, it's like I'm sick of dealing with you and your in your Sydney Vaughn. Yeah, you the line was a mile ago and you crossed your pseudo girlfriend. I was just looking at a screen. Somebody changed my diaper because I'm such yeah. a big fucking baby. Once again, I shit Ray Grunberg. I shit my pants to the tune of thirty pounds. Your <laughs> words, not mine. Yeah, your words, Greg Grunberg. Take us to court. You can't do it, Greg <laughs> Grunberg. You're a fictional character. No, Greg Grunberg is very real. Is that the actor's name? Yeah. Oh. Weiss is fictional. Ah, okay. Yeah, stick to Weiss. We're, we're gentlemen. We're not going to... Oh, I'm dragging Greg all Grunberg's right. name through the mud. Let's do it. Like, of all the people that we've dragged through the mud on this pod, really, it's just him and uh, uh, Kevin... Uh, what's his name? I'm uh, I'm going to be a, the Paul Ryan and be like, yeah, it's textbook... Uh, dragging someone's name through the mud, but eh, I'm still going to support it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, your name's on this shit, too, so, you know, you can't fold now, because you, you would look like a coward. Mm. No better than Greg Grunberg. <laughs> so, Will has to meet his contact in Paris. He mentions the circumference, which yeah. I bet will come into play later. I hope so. Um, I hope it doesn't get dropped like Francie's uh, singing lawyer boyfriend. I love that Jack and Will are going on a little romantic vacation to <laughs> Paris. There's something that's so nice about it's, that. Yeah, it's almost as if Jack is grooming Will for... Yeah, when he gives him a huge bottle of methamphetamine. Yeah. <laughs> for sodium pentanol? Yeah, sure. And here's some amyl nitrate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's what's the deal here? All right, so Dixon has to steal... The Rambaldi page that Castanel has and replace it with a fake page. Right. And then Sydney has to replace that fake page with, or is that real page with a fake page from the CIA. Right. So SD6 has a fake page and the CIA has a, has a real page. Which, is this not something that SD6 would say like, hey, this happened again with the same fucking people who we were working with? Like, Sydney's done this before. Let's get in some new blood. Yeah, that's like uh, okay. So this this happened the last time we did the, we were going after a Rambaldi page. Maybe you are. I don't know. Like maybe you are. Maybe I'll have to like listen to that that fucker who knows that you're. Uh, is it Saw who knows that she's uh, her test was too yeah. perfect? Yeah, maybe you. Are, yeah, <laughs> Saw's right. You're up to no good. Yeah, listen to him once. Though I like in, that. in the words of our, the president of our of. The alias era, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, we don't get fooled again. That's right. Marshall Flankman gives Sydney a friendship ring, which is a cardiac event recorder. Four platonic friends, he likes to point out. Yeah. He's like, I'm not I'm proposing friend, to right? you, yeah. Sydney. For all we know, Marshall Flankman fucks. <laughs> like, we don't know what his personal life is like. He could be, you know, watching his weird nature For documentaries all, yeah. with, uh, he could be bumping uglies on his inflatable furniture. We have no idea. He could just be out there living a fucking life, free of the worries of Starvin' Arvin and uh, Sydney. Doesn't I have... hope so. Yeah. I hope that he doesn't have to lie about his uh, whatever it is that he is. Yeah. The way Sydney is having to lie about what she does all the time. Uh, it seems like he could say... Oh, yeah, I invent uh, weird contraptions for the CIA. And, uh, I listen to loud uh, noise music or dance music or whatever. Yeah. What this does is it transmits... What What, what would you call it? Some biometric reading of his it's, fucked up heart. His heartbeat. Yeah. Does he have an irregular heartbeat? He does. That's why it's it's something... It's very unique. That's why it would be hard, I guess, to reproduce. It's not like so a fucking So this is established. Passcode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I missed that. All right. So he doesn't have like... Well, his heartbeat's like... 40 beats a minute like it has like a very particular like five four sort of like but, unusual yeah. time signature kind of heartbeat yeah you know there was an accident as a kid and now his heartbeat is in take five by the dave rubric quartet Quintet. that would wouldn't that be torture <laughs> that's a everybody you know is okay with take five but yeah nobody needs to hear it ever again yeah that's true another pleasantville reference so that's yeah that's his Tech. This is the one instance where the CIA has one on SD6, and it's Spy Dad's tech being time release methamphetamine. Yeah. Finally, Alias is about something I can relate to. Yeah. Here's a big bottle of speed to counteract sodium pentothal, and I was just like, it's like the fucking love potion and love potion number nine, starring Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And uh, who else is in that? 
Name uh, all the cast members in La Potion Number Nine. Uh, you can the, do it. The male actor was in Space Camp, but that's all I. I don't know his his name. Michael Jordan. My, uh, yes. Uh, Kazanaw, walking through this nightclub, looks like Alan on Vinnie Jones. <laughs> Maybe Alan on Rowan Atkinson. Like he looks really familiar, but like like somebody that we know is sick. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. To bring it back to Emily, maybe like uh, Vinny Jones in Remission. I, mm. I like uh, Jim Varney is Spock. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's very good. And speaking of Emily, uh, they have that establishing shot of the hospital. Mm-hmm. It has a sign. I couldn't tell if it says Angel of Mercy or not. Are you alluding to the fact that your suspicion that it is, it is in fact an ST6 hospital is confirmed? It stands to reason. Yeah. But you can't... There's a sign. I couldn't read it. Uh, it makes sense that if her room is bugged... <laughs> I'm assuming it's the same ST6 hospital maybe, that Marcus was taken to. Right. Like, well, maybe ST6 has uh, think ST6? lousy oncologists, so yeah. they take her to... Uh, you know, or do you think they're like, uh, wait a minute, are you what level are you at? Have you been here six months? <laughs> Have you done the filing? Okay, we'll take you to to Beth, uh, St. Six. But until then, you're, you're going to the you're doing a county yeah. St. Six hospital, right? You're like there's like the, the St. Six urgent care, yeah. And then you do a little better, and you go to the uh, the Beth Israel yeah. St. Six. You do a little better, you go to the specialist. It's Beth sli- Baldy. Yeah, it's it's a slightly higher copay, yeah. but it's. Uh, you know, you get the best. Uh, but Emily, Sloane's wife, she's not there yet, maybe. Because it seems like, I don't know. I have no evidence one way or the other. That but, she's at Angel of Mercy? Right. I think it's safe to assume that she is. Sydney, in a red wig and singing, uh, it's mortifying, right? In a uh, very, very, uh, is that a bustier? That's a bustier. Yeah. Busting out of that bustier. Yeah, it's doing its work. It's doing its job. It's, it's performing its namesake uh, admirably. But it's mortifying, right? Yeah, it's kind of... singing? You don't know if it's... I couldn't tell if it's good or bad. It's not amazing. It's, but it's it's weird it's and it's uncomfortable, right? Uh, I mean, I don't think uncomfortable. No. It's I, kind I, of... And it's... Uh, I'm kind of, I, I think... Oh, okay, so there's suspense. Like, I hope she's not, like, terrible. And they're like, wait a minute. Like, I would never have a, like, it, pink fuchsia-haired woman with a bustier sing for me. It feels like something out of, like, Quantum Leap or something. Yeah. Like it was very yeah, I didn't care for it. Would she sing English in a Parisian nightclub? Okay. Like Here, Sinatra did it, but that was a, a special thing that he did it. I think uh, well, wait, well The Eagles of Death Metal did it, but we know what happened. <laughs> hey. Hey. Easy. No, uh but yeah, so okay, I, I wasn't really focusing on Sydney singing because I what, what I was fucking hoping for more than anything. In my fucking life. You want that titty to pop out? Not going to happen. More so than I would want to... It's TV 14, probably. To, uh, I would just love to be Ron Rifkin doing take after take of that swishing around the wine, checking out the legs, getting my nose in there. I almost had that, that amount of satisfaction just, just hoping, hoping that we were going to see the camera pan to marcus dixon on the piano mm-hmm. on a full baby grand just playing along with sydney but now he was doing some like in casablanca shit. yeah th- i thought that's what the ruse was uh, they uh oh so back to the ring she has the ring to get the uh his our uh, regular heartbeat uh marcus has that sweet white nokia phone that right. he's going to use to transmute the heartbeat to the vault so they can get into whatever vault or safe that has the rambaldi page mm-hmm. assuming it's page 47 i don't know I, there's a lot of these rambaldi yeah. pages 
So yeah, he, Marcus is not playing the piano. They're not an act. Why can't they be a fucking act together? Well, I just they like need to that, get their act together. I like that Kazanon and Sark could have a nice, classy evening together in yeah. Paris. They go to like if this club was in New York, it'd be the Highline Ballroom. It'd be twenty. It'd be, it'd be brass monkey. It'd be twenty dollars to get in. <laughs> You'd have to have, buy two drinks and a plate of sliders. It'd be like a nice evening. For two gentlemen with a 50-year age gap. I think it would... <laughs> if this were New York, I think it would have been the Mandarin Hotel overlooking Columbus Circle. Uh-huh. They would have been having some $19 Manhattans or whatever the fuck champagne he ordered. Maybe, yeah, they, they would have stuck with the champagne. And uh, they would have had some weird uh, wigged woman squawking at them, uh, an American standard that didn't make any sense. Right, uh, I, so no Marcus Dixon on the piano. He's doing the heavy lifting, heavy lifting this episode. Yeah. Turns out that Will's deep throat is Kazanaw. Yeah. There's no deeper throat. Deepest throat told. is Kazanaw. And it turns out that he's trying to expose SD6. Yeah. And I guess Will's he's trying, he's connection... He's trying to take him down. He's doing... He, he tried he's using... He's doing what Tarantino yeah. couldn't do. He's, well, he employed Tarantino. So he tried, use, he tried using an ex-operative to murder everybody in the building. Mm-hmm. That didn't pan out. Now he's going through uh, Through Will. Media. Yeah. Yeah. He's going through newspapers. Yeah. The yeah. last resort. Which makes sense. It was um, a fucking plot in a Bond movie. Why not? So they... Uh, what do they do? They drag him into a van? Little do they know... That he's just ingested a <laughs> vial of time-release methamphetamine. Yeah. Like, Will Tippin should be like fucking Popeye. I mean, I don't know like if he's going to just like freak out after having all that methamphetamine. Turns or... out he does. Does he? Yeah. Like, like they, they take him to the van. Yeah. They don't. Do they even start interrogating him before Sydney breaks in? Yeah, he, they give. Well, they give him the shot. He's right. Like, is that sodium pentothal? And they're like, Yeah, like, groovy. Yeah. It's all cool, man. Yeah. That's far out. He's just tr- he's trying to pretend really hard that he didn't just doesn't have a stomach full of liquid. Yeah. Methamphetamine. That way, he was trying to pretend that he wasn't told explicitly by a spy like they're going to put sodium pentothal in you. <laughs> like, oh, that's a lucky guess. <laughs> I thought I was getting a tetanus shot. So Sydney jumps into this uh, Brinks truck or whatever it she's is. Singing, she's singing her heart out, and then she sees uh, Will Will being dragged somewhere. And she's not expecting him in Paris, yeah. right? Or right. is she? She's not. Which he... Spider didn't communicate that he was going to be in oh, Paris no, no, no. with Will. So she breaks him out of this truck, yeah. and he looks at her, and it takes a second, and then he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Because he's on meth. Like, it's a perfectly normal reaction. Yeah. I'm assuming that Will Tippin doesn't take a lot of meth. Well... Nor does he take a lot of sodium pentothal. Dad doesn't know what the dose of sodium pentothal is. I mean, and maybe there's know. a standard dose. Yeah. I and don't know. I'm assuming it's, like, something that they they have prepared. It's not like, yeah, I'm just going to give you, like, a meth head's delight <laughs> amount. Like, a hardcore, no teeth. I mean, he did. He was... I mean, if it's, it's like, look, you're gonna you're gonna drink this, and then you're gonna do a lot of collaging. And, if it's uh, it's gonna be intolerable. If it's time released, um, you know, it might be very slow and be like, okay, like, yeah, you know, relax. He'll just be he'll be like, oh, I just had like four cups of coffee. I went from sure. zero to four cups of coffee. He felt like he was without limits. Yeah. Uh, then they have to disguise Will for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so they dress him up like. Uh, oh, this is great! Like, like like one of the Strokes. They, no, not even. Did you see the collar popping out of that shirt? Yeah. It was well, just first like, he takes that shirt off. 
He's like, yeah. Showing that hard body twink. Just, just uh, take off your shirt. Your name is Jean-Paul. You're from... Not- like, it's very... Nah. F- yeah, it's very yeah. French. And he's just like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> like, uh, Jack goes out of his way to explain that. He's not trained in this. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's just the, the methamphetamine talking, but a strange Frenchman says, take off your clothes. Your name's Jean-Paul. Are you going to be like, yeah, you know let's what? do it. I actually have a note saying that, like, yeah, this feels right. <laughs> like, let's do this now. <laughs> Uh, so back in Los Angeles, we learn that Sloane's wife is going to be spared. We'll, we'll let this lady die of cancer. Yeah. We'll do you that solid. Dixon's having a PTSD nightmare in bed. <laughs> Base ops, this is freelancer. Well, okay, so we know from the beginning of this, the beginning of this episode that Vaughn is shouting freelancer into, I'm assuming, is an earpiece that only Alias can hear. It's like, freelancer, I need an update on your situation. And she's fighting Vaughn. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, she's fighting Marcus. But I don't, I, she wouldn't be able to hear that. Mm. I mean, sorry, Marcus wouldn't be able to hear that, correct? You don't think? It's no. like an ear, It's an earpiece. Right. So it's like they only, they had to remind the audience that that was important. Yeah, because which we're is gonna, fair enough. That was like. Like four months ago yeah, for the audience. But I guess we were kind of like, oh, that's going to come up. He was like mumbling yeah. freelancer in his sleep. So, yeah, he's uh, wide awake being the little spoon, but drenched in sweat. Yeah, eyes wide open. Uh, we find out that Sark's wine was laced with a radioactive isotope. Non-lethal dose. That's so... Which doesn't really mean that much. That's so cute because uh, Emily was full of... Uh, radioactive true. isotopes and Arvin was like yeah I'm gonna do it too sweetie well it was also a non-lethal dose yeah uh, but I feel like non-lethal is a very broad spectrum yeah it's like well your hair is gonna fall out and you're gonna shit out your organs but it's you're not gonna die I feel like non-lethal is what they would say after you survive well you survived there <laughs> right. go was non-lethal well I, I think <laughs> the fun thing about any any weapon or any chemical or any thing basically is that things are determined to be non-lethal through a really ugly process of trial and error. Yeah. Uh, like the first time that they've delivered a like a non-lethal round, like a, uh, a beanbag yeah. round out of a shotgun. Like how many beanbags just went, just cracked a skull wide open yeah. before they determined like, let's say, all right, if it's this soft and at this velocity, it'll be non-lethal. You know, if you're a uh, Salazar... Uh, the namesake of Salazar Hall at my alma mater, uh-huh. who was uh, killed by a uh, tear gas canister. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. There's this amazing scene where Sloane and Sydney are one-on-one. There's a lot of great Sloane Sloan scenes. Every scene with Sloane is good. Yeah, but I think this episode, they were all on point in terms of, I guess, character development. Of just watching him be, you know, he's he's like the head of this branch of SD six for a reason. Like he's just always in control. The whole yeah. this wine glass is my phallus, drink from it, and we will be together mm-hmm. as teammates or whatever the fuck that was. Him comforting his wife, right? Knowing that you know he she might die. Him confronting the twelve, the chosen, right? Yeah, being like, well, the alliance. Where, where's Pool at? I, I, I'm gonna wait until everyone else is here. Like, no, don't worry. Like, oh, you, you know about Pool being in bed with Kazanov. He's just been, even though he's not in control of many things, being able to cure his wife's cancer, uh-huh. having to, you know, talk to the secret six. He just has so much poise and it's just fucking together. And like, it's just like he can handle it. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The 
the Sloan subplots are my favorite part of the show yeah. so far. Even though it's like, well, it's about like his wife dying of cancer. That's a weirdly heavy thing. You see how he handles both being in control and having the power over the situation. And you see him in situations where he's powerless and he's been fooled and manipulated. Mm -hmm. And he still carries himself like a, a fucking master. And uh, I love Sydney in this turtleneck. <laughs> because she's Back to just, what's important. She's just a big, beautiful head floating in a void. Yeah. Like through most, because it's his dark office. And then it's the dark CIA, you know, Manhattan mini storage. And <laughs> it's just like this dark turtleneck. With her, her big pretty head floating in the darkness. Yeah, I like it. I like it when things are fun like that. You don't get a lot of fun on Alias. No, it's mostly just grim reality. So I like it when uh, you're allowed to project the tiniest bit of levity. There's this all this new tension between Vaughn and Sydney. That's uh, because Fat X Wing pilot was on his case, so he's like, oh, I guess I better toughen up with Sydney. And so he's kind of giving her the cold shoulder a little bit. Sydney's confused. And uh, we're talking about bringing Will into the CIA, maybe the witness protection program. Did they, did they mention that? Yeah. They were like, well, Will knows a lot now. Maybe we'll have to bring him in, make him an agent. If not that, the witness protection program. That's how program. that works. And, uh, and Sydney says, well, you should have seen Will's face in Paris. It was like he was looking at a stranger. <laughs> he was on meth. Yeah. He was, like you say, I don't think Will's a meth guy. Yeah. Probably doesn't abuse heavy stimulants that frequently. Uh, I guess this isn't abuse. This is just use. Yeah. Still, coffee at most. And he freaked out. He's on meth. He, interestingly enough, <laughs> saw through that pink wig. Somehow was yeah. like, wait a minute, I know her. Well, he's got that journalist eye. Yeah. And uh, they gave him, they set him up in a weird CIA safe house, which I thought was a hotel room. Yeah. But, Wasn't it the same hotel room where uh, the guy who had his face, who had plastic surgery, was hanging out at? I don't think it was. No? I feel like that was a a ground-level home. Okay. I feel like that was less ensconced on all sides. I don't know. Maybe it was just because those scenes took place in daylight. This took place at night. I don't know. Yeah. But it felt different to I me I bet somehow. you they just changed the decor. Of the set. <laughs> they don't actually use a, a two-sided mirror, right? They probably just use a window. Yeah. A piece of glass. Well, we, I mean, you, they, don't, they don't show uh, Will from, like, the camera isn't behind Will talking into the mirror, so. Doesn't it seem know. like he should be crashing pretty hard rather than asking for burgers or whatever? I mean, like, one, the meth. Two, the jet lag. Uh, he just came from Paris. I he don't know. He should be sleepy. And it's not Paris to New York. It's Paris to L.A. Once again, it was time released meth we don't know the like how for how long that that time release period is is it it was a tiny bottle full of liquid is it eight hours or and like how many milligram what's the concentration of the meth it has to counteract sodium pentothal but we don't know how strong it has to be it doesn't have to be some fucking blue ice shit you know what i mean i feel like it probably has to be to counteract sodium pentothal I mean, and then we don't know how much sodium pentothal they gave him. Maybe they gave him a lot more. There's a lot of factors here. Yeah. There's a lot of measurements that we are not privy to. No, uh, you're absolutely right. Deborah J. Fisher and Erica Messer have a lot to answer yeah. for. Uh, if you would like to tweet at us at Final Frontiers. Okay, so did he say back to the scene 
uh, where Jack is grooming him yeah. with uh, drugs. Did he say it was uh, methamphetamine or yes. an amphetamine? Methamphetamine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was an interesting distinction. Yeah. It seems like, why say methamphetamine? Uh, when you could say, you know, dextro or, yeah. Yeah, or stimulants more generally. Or, uh, I mean, the, the U.S. government's use of stimulants is well known. Of amphetamines is well known. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Your generic benzodrines and yeah. what have you have been used by fighter pilots. And yeah. It doesn't seem to be that unusual. But it's not like it was in a government little bottle. <laughs> oh, Oh, that's true. I, I'm not sure if this operation is uh, strictly sanctioned by the CIA. I don't think it is, or else uh, Next Gen Porkins would have said something. Probably. It seems like Vaughn and them would have been involved a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which, as far as I know, they really weren't at all. I mean, he Sidney told Vaughn about it later, right, at the safe house, but. Uh, where Vaughn was being very cold, and Sidney picked up on yeah. that shit. And obviously the CIA was involved. Well, I guess he's in the CIA safe house. Spy Dad is there in his capacity as a CIA guy. So it's it's separate from Sidney's deal, but because it's more directly relating to Jack, it's to do with Jack. Right. So Vaughn and Weiss wouldn't be involved. That makes sense. Right. Just Devlin. Fucking Devlin. God damn you, Devlin. All right. Well, this uh, negates our theory, or your theory. Was it your theory that uh, Bitter Beer Face was the FBI mole that was contacting Tippin? No, I think that was Jack's theory. That was Jack's theory? I think so. Ah, okay. Uh, well, Will, he's very sensible. Says he's not going to ask Sydney anything about all this spy shit. Which is good. It's convenient for the show. They can just <laughs> skate right past it. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. I feel like I don't give this show enough credit. Yeah. I'm like, well, that that's awfully convenient. Well, and then they do address it in a difficult way later. Well, Vaughn, uh, Sydney's talking to Vaughn, and she has like that very nice, subtle tearing where she's like, I finally get to, I can finally share a secret with someone that I care about without them uh, dying. Right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dying, yeah. uh, back at the hospital, we got this uh, sexy doctor meeting Sloan's <laughs> wife. Dr. Lemon, played by Kamala Lopez, who also co-wrote and co-directed a short film called Dark Knight Aurora about Batman confronting James Holmes, the Aurora, Colorado movie theater shooter in his prison cell. <laughs> As of this recording on YouTube, it has 225,000 views. Really? Yes. So is, is it the actual Batman or is it Christian Bale dressed as Batman? What are you asking me, the actual Batman? What does that mean? <laughs> Like, is it the character? Are we in the... Are we in the... Is this, is this is movie... It, is it meant to take place in, like, the Batman canon? Yes. Is this uh, is this a movie where... Uh, is it James Holmes? Uh, yes. Uh, where he's meant to exist in... What his deeds were done in a world where the actual Batman exists. You know what? And I, Batman's confronting I'm him. I'm not going to lie. I watched it on mute. So that's a good question. I didn't even consider the meta narrative can of worms that this opens yeah like is does batman exist in a reality where batman movies come out and people shoot up theaters full of batman fans not yeah. knowing the potential repercussions of what's going to happen when batman finds out or when the joker finds out because that's his fucking deal is to cause mayhem you think the joker's going to be jealous oh yeah that's so I, I i i would be feared of running afoul of the joker more than the batman Really? Yeah. I don't know. Batman's going to like bust you up, make you think about things. Joker's going to do some sick shit. That's true. Batman will break your legs. Joker will uh, cut your face up or something. Yeah, like make you eat your dad or some bullshit. 
That's terrible. Yeah. Fucking Joker. You're right. He's <laughs> yeah, the worst. He's the worst. Uh, oh, you find out Emily's in remission. Yeah. But it's a painful remission because her bone marrow is growing back or something like that. Well, she was experiencing a lot of pain, which mm-hmm. she interpreted as dying. But, sure. Uh, Fairly enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I would do. Uh, but the doctor informs her that, oh, that's your bro- your bone marrow growing back. And we call that remission. Yeah. And... Uh, so now I guess SD six the alliance they have to kill her. Yeah, I don't, yeah. We don't. We see Emily kind of uh, breaking into a smile, uh, just so happy, and then we just see this. She's gonna see Christmas. Yeah, she's gonna see that Christmas. She's gonna. Be, well, she thinks she's so happy. She's gonna surprise Sydney with something. A Christmas present. Yeah. I hope. Of, uh, of healthy bone marrow and. Uh, and again, there's so many weird Breaking Bad parallels. There's the second cell phone. There's the... What second cell phone? It's because she found Arvin's second cell phone. Oh, That's what okay. it was. That's how she second, knows about like SD6. He, he has a second cell phone. And now she's in remission, which totally fucks up the plans that Arvin made. Um, Will Tippin, Jesse Pinkman, methamphetamine. Methamphetamine. Oh, shit. Uh, like, I'm expecting Sloan to go into the bathroom and just like punch up a paper towel dispenser <laughs> like it seems like that's the kind of thing that's about to happen but it doesn't because a stairway door blows open and just as will is giving it's like the same stairway that those uh cia agents that were in that building in germany that got blown up by marcus yeah. it's like this well it's probably the uh you know at the warner brothers lot or whatever yeah it's like, well we got these stairs nobody's using them no it's la we have elevators what is there a fire? No, let's uh, let's mount a production here. Yeah, but yeah, he's placing his lunch order, and little does he know, uh, he, all these guys are dead. Yeah, and, because uh, uh, that SD six or CIA guys, they uh, found a uh, bunch of blood bags, a transfusion. That's right, inclusion. His radioactive isotope was shed with a blood transfusion because that makes a lot of sense. And that's why you can never find Keith Richards. Yeah. <laughs> You could never find Keith Richards. Try as you will. Don't even try. The only way to find Keith Richards is to buy a ticket to a Rolling Stones concert. Yeah. So all of Will's CIA observers are dead. Sark shoots Will with, I don't know, probably a tranquilizer. You think so? You don't think he put it, put one in the chest? I don't think that Bradley Cooper's out of this show yet. I don't know. That's a... I mean, I guess neither of us will admit to knowing what a gun loaded a tranquilizer gun the tranquilizer pistol versus a semi-automatic pistol would look like right uh so it can't be like yeah that's obviously a trank gun i feel like in other fantasy depictions of tranquilizer guns it's like obvious that it looks it looks like it's right like, yeah like a like single... the tranquilizer dart has a big fuzzy yeah feathery other end of it yeah right and it's like you just you load one tranquilizer into the the chamber and that's it you know yeah uh, so I guess next week the f- and the finale of season one we yeah, made it. That's the other thing. Like you it seems laugh, like you laughed at us. You said we wouldn't do it. Internet. Yeah, you've been betting against us this whole time, but now we're gonna make you eat your words. You yep, fucking cowards. Just like everyone we've ever known that said we're just gonna quit. Yeah. You've showed them wrong by by never by, quitting. By only quitting some of the times when it was really hard, or we just didn't give a shit anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's life. Like around Thanksgiving. Through to about Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. So go to hell. Um, but yeah, like I was kind of shocked that such a uh, an action-heavy, relatively plot-light episode was second to last. You think it was plot-light? 
Kind of. I mean, like oh, the plot was very like episode of the week plot. Okay. I don't like, know. We I feel we got like a lot of fucking plot. We got Tippin discovering. That's alias. true. Yeah. We got Arvin, and so like so many the many fucking shades of Arvin, the the man in charge yeah. making some blonde drink his wine to do his bidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have him kind of not begging, but just pleading for leniency with his his wife, having to like talk to his wife. Don't we all? Yeah, feeling that he secured his wife's peaceful death of painful cancer when he could just put a bullet in her head and be done with it. But anyway. Maybe that'll then, happen next week. And then we get Arvin being like, oh shit, I'm going to have to use that bullet that I put aside for yeah. my wife. It's so There was so much uh, good character development. Uh, all right, so I guess next week we'll see how this wraps up. Uh, first the- season. It was worth it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, season Internet? one of five. So far, so good. The first five episodes, you were begging for another Alias podcast to come out just so you could dump us like, like yeah. many a Tinder date. But we wouldn't let you. Yeah. We're still here. We're still here. Write us at Final Frontiers. I would love, love to get some questions. Well, Pod at gmail.com. Rate us on iTunes because why not? Why not? Let's it be takes- the highest rated Alias podcast by being the only one with more than five ratings. You can make that happen. So it's... far, we got one, and it's mine. <laughs> Do we? As far as I Fuck, know. Fuck, I should rate this shit. You should. iTunes says we cannot display a rating for this podcast. It does not have enough ratings. <laughs> That's actually what it says right now. Um, oh, that's sad. It's a little depressing, but yeah. you know we're we're, we're been, like the little giants of podcasts. We've been doing this for months. We only just officially launched this yeah. like, uh, six weeks ago or something. So it's 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 I'm not too hard on ourselves, and we've done no promotion. We've done no promotion. We've had no one promote us, which we don't expect. We're a, a fucking... I kind of expected I don't know someone to to retweet the mention when I added all those alias folks on Twitter. Yeah. I yeah. thought someone would say, hey, cool. And then I would be embarrassed when we call them by an insulting nickname, but it hasn't happened yet. That's no. okay. All right. So until next time, uh, I am Matthew. And this is Mitchell. And have a great evening. Or afternoon or good morning. Whenever you're night. listening to this, make the period after it somewhat worthwhile. Yeah. Bye. Hey everyone, just a reminder that when we recorded this episode, we were called Final Frontiers. Now we're called Here Come the Warm Gents. Uh, So, bear with us. Thanks for listening, and uh, have fun.